that kind of praise, that kind of praise. And, and I remember talking to Brother Josh Montgomery and, and him talking about, you know, it's always great to alliterate your, your sermon outlines. And I said, OK, preacher, whatever you say. Well, here I am. I got three points. Each one of them is alliterated with the word praise. So that's for you note takers. But I, I really want you all to grasp this morning. That he is worthy of praise. Christmas time is rolling around and you're going to see everybody putting that baby in the manger. I'll go ahead and tell you he's not there anymore. Praise the Lord. But one thing that I've always found amazing is that that little baby didn't do anything. But for whatever reason, three men decided that they'd travel miles and miles and miles and bring this baby gifts. For what? What was he going to do with them, Kurt? Kurt, I, 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 can, I can give your baby back there. I can give him gold and frankincense and myrrh. But what's he going to do with them? He might just look at them because they're shinier. He might smell it because it smells good. But what would he do with them? What has he done to deserve it? And you look and you say, that baby's done nothing. But he's the Son of God. Amen. Amen. He is always God. He's always been. He always will be. I can't wait for that day till I pass on till eternity. Amen. Till the rapture happens or whether I, I go into the grave. I cannot wait. Because I love praising Him here and I can't wait to praise Him up there. Amen. But this morning I want to talk about that kind of praise. Uh, first off, I see in verse number one, it says, praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power. What I got from that verse right there was praise him everywhere. Don't be embarrassed when you go out to eat. Sit down and say your blessing. Be thankful for that food. Amen. It's something that God has provided you. It seems little and it might not seem good for your body because sometimes at McDonald's, you know, it just don't hit right. But bless God, it's food it's been provided and we should praise him for it praise him in the mcdonald's praise him in the church house praise him when you're going down the in the highway or in the car bless god i about got a kick if you haven't heard it please somehow get it it's worth every penny in the world but the josh adams family they released a cd and i got to listen to them this morning and they are singing that song i'm thankful and it says i'm thankful like noah back on dry ground and i went up to the ark this summer in kentucky not the real thing which i was very disappointed to learn but it was a blessing to see just how big it was. I was like, wow, that's amazing. But then you start thinking about the downsides of all the animals and the feces that's in there. And you think, well, where really could he go? It's big, but where could he go? And to think about how long he was in there. And think about how thankful he was to be back on dry ground. And what's the first thing he did when he got out? He thanked the Lord. He built an altar, altar and he made a sacrifice. Amen. No matter where you're at, no matter what circumstance you're in, praise the Lord. Everybody got me this morning. If you get nothing else, I want you to get that. Next, I see that you want to praise him for his greatness. Verse number two says, praise him for his mighty acts. That means everything that he's ever done, because everything he does is mighty. Amen. It says, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Now, it would have been fine if David would have just said, praise him for his greatness. Amen. But he really wants you to get the picture here. God's greatness is excellent. Amen. He is excellent. There are many adjectives, adverbs. I don't know. I just graduated last year. I done forgot it all already. There are many different words that I can use to describe God. But all of them are good, Brother Kurt. All of them are good. You go down a little bit more. It starts talking about all these instruments. You need to praise them with music. Amen. Pray. Go hum out in public. Go whistle out in public. People might look at you weird, but if it does your heart happy, that's okay. Uh, just, uh, I believe I was here a week and a half ago, and I talked about uh, Saul. 
And I talked about when, when he was disturbed, when he was frightened, when he was down in the dumps, he didn't call for the preaching. He called for the music. That music, it, it, it sure does help. It sure is a blessing. It's there to calm you down. It's there to get you in the mood for the preaching. But just remember, there's always preaching afterwards. Amen. Don't get too comfortable because sometimes this Bible is going to step on your toes. And I hate to break it to you. But guess what? You need it. If no one's ever told you, you need it. Amen. Uh, I see that you want to praise him with the music, with the singing. It says that David danced before the Lord. However, you need to let him be known that you love him and that you want to worship him. However, it needs to be known that you praise God. That last verse says, praise ye the Lord. But even better than that, it says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. I I can't think of how many times I've had a preacher do this, but can everybody take a deep breath in? Okay, nobody's dead. Hallelujah. Let's get on to this message. First off, I see that we should be praising people. Amen. We are the people. And what kind of people should we be? All right. For you note takers, this is where I'm getting started. First off, I see that we should be prized people. Prized people. Ashton, what does that mean? You should be looked upon highly. Let me go ahead and tell you, you're not going to be looked upon highly by those folks out there. And let me tell you, sometimes you're not going to be looked upon highly by your family, your church family, your brother, your sister, your your best friend. But God looks upon you highly. I think of Psalms 119 where it talks about great are the thoughts that the Lord has unto me. And great are the sum of them, Brother David. That means that not only does he think about me and he thinks that I'm great, which is already good enough, but he thinks about me all the time. Great are the sum of those thoughts. Amen. So not only should we be prized people, but we should be reasoned people. We should be reasoned people. We should always have a reason for what we're doing. I'll go ahead and tell you, don't follow your heart. It'll put you in some valleys that you don't want to be in. Don't follow your gut because that's not going to help you either. It just wants the food. Amen. But if you will follow God, he'll never steer you wrong. You're going to go through those valleys, but you got to. It's like a little bit of character development. Amen. You need to have a reason. And these reason people are reason. That we are here to praise God, to serve God, and to lead others to Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody agree with me? Okay, I won't get kicked out this morning. That's great. We see that these people nowadays, serving God is rare, Brother Kurt. It's like I told you, I, I remember just the other day, I, 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 I sat down to, uh, to say the blessing. And after I got done, someone walked up to me and they're like, you know what? It's great to see other people out here praying before they eat their food. When did that become so rare? If you have to ask that question, then you're like me. You're sad. When did it become rare to pray in public? When did it become a crime to say the Lord's name in school? Come on, y'all ain't helping me. When did it become a crime to say uh, the, the Lord's name at work, at school, at, uh, anywhere in public? You can't even go, People can go to Walmart and wear pajamas, but I can't witness in the Walmart. I think that's a little weird, but we're not going to get on that this morning. But there's a reason for you being here this morning. I'm not talking about some ooh magical reason, but I'm talking about the ooh everlasting reason. This is God's reason, amen. And your reason is to put praise on his name, amen. Amen. Third, I want to look at that you need to be an attitude people. And I know that that sounds weird, but you need to have an attitude no matter where you go and not a bad one. Amen. You need to walk around with a smile on your face. You need to walk around and you need to be happy. 
And those days when you can't, just trust in the Lord and, and they'll see that too. Because it's always good to look at another Christian and see that they're happy. But it's also good to look at other Christians when they're going through trials, Brother Kurt. That's where you'll either get some of your best inspiration or the worst sight you've ever seen. And I'll tell you a lot about a person. If you're wondering that about yourself, you might need to check up this morning. Amen. But I see that we need to be attitude people because we need to serve God and be happy about doing so. I I don't remember who put it on Facebook, but it popped up on my timeline. And and Miss Nisha, I'm going to need you to help me. But it says something about you can't if you can't pick up the mop, don't pick up the microphone. Right. Is that what it said? If you can't pick up the mop, don't pick up the microphone. If you ain't willing to mop the bathrooms, then don't come in here and expect to get up on the platform. Don't expect to sing if you can't help somebody out. Don't expect to come into church and get something from someone else if you can't go home and just say a little prayer for them. Amen. We need to be attitude people. We need to be happy to serve. But not only that, we need to do it with some option. I got a lot of people who are Christians that you never know because they don't talk about Jesus. They don't live like Jesus. Oh, well, Ashton, you're being you're being a little judgmental this morning. That's all right. That's all right. Some of you need to get out there with some option. You need to tell them where you go to church. You need to tell them what you believe. Amen. This King James Bible that I hope y'all are reading out of this morning. It is so rare and it is so fought against. It is so fought against. You want to know why, Brother Kurt? Because all these other translations are taking verses out. I think of the, I believe it's the ESV. It takes out a verse that talks about prayer and fasting. You want to know why? Because that's important. That's your first line of spiritual warfare is prayer and fasting. And they want it taken away. They want it taken away. You need to have some option. You need to stand up for the Lord and be happy about it. Next, I see that we need to be some integrous people. Otherwise, that means that you need to be people of integrity. We all learn that when we're little. Hey, you need to make sure that you're doing the right thing, even when no one's watching. Somebody's always watching. Go ahead and tell you that. But we need to make sure that we are people of integrity. We need to make sure that we're doing the right thing. I want to go back to attitude, people. You need to make sure that you're holding your ground. Amen. How you act in here better be how you act out there. Because if you don't, you're going to get caught up in a lie. You ruin your testimony and someone else's. Now, y'all are helping me. The quicker y'all help me, the quicker we get out of here this morning. Okay? can I get an amen, please? Thank you. We have these integrist people. You need to hold your ground. You need to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Then I look at the S and I see that we need to be shouting, singing, saved people. Amen. Amen. Shouting, singing, saved people. Amen. If you don't want to shout and you can't just do anything but let out a holy grunt, that's all right. Don't tell me what you was doing with them bulldogs last night because I already know I was there. That's why I'm getting my lick back in this morning. Amen. But you need to shout for the Lord. Amen. If you don't, if you can't shout out loud, raise up your hand. If you're not able to raise up your hand, just praise the Lord however you can. But he is worthy of your praise and he needs it this morning. You need to be singing. I don't care if you can't sing worth a lick. That's all right. The Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord and it may not be joyful to your peers around you. That's okay. They make earplugs for that. Praise the Lord. But make it for God. If someone ever tells you to stop singing, sing louder. If someone ever tells you to stop shouting... Shout louder. You got ibuprofen at the house. If y'all got a headache when I'm doing, go take it. Bless God. Next, I see that we need to be everlasting people. That ties in with being those saved people. Amen. We need to be saved. We need to make sure that we know that God is our Savior. Because if we do, 
then we know that eternity is just on the other side. We look on the news every single day and there's something new going on across overseas every single day. Next thing you know, all this prophecy starts adding up. Brother David, I I look at it, but I I try not to worry about it too much because I'm not going to be here for much of it. (laughs) Uh, If you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll get into that in a little bit, but just make sure your ears are open. We need to be everlasting people because it's not that we could be everlasting, but that God could make us everlasting, that he could freely. How many of you like free stuff? But we could freely be saved and we could find everlasting life. I can't think of what hymn says it, but it says that he says that he found me. No, 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 no. He knew exactly where you were at. He knew exactly where you were at. You found him. He revealed himself unto you. and You finally realized who it was. Amen. So I look at the type of people for you note takers. I hope you got that. But next I see, well, what kind of praise does he deserve from these prized people, Miss Nisha? Well, immediately I think, well, he's a perfect God. So he deserves perfect praise. Everybody agree? Raise your hand if you agree. Amen. Right. He deserves perfect praise. I can't give him that. What's the point in trying? then? There's every point in trying. You should always be trying to hit that mark, even if you miss it by just a little bit. When the boss goes to promote somebody, he's not going to go for the loudest one. That was a so-called leader and made everybody else do the work. He's going to go for the quiet one who got in there and he did the work. Amen. He did his best to hit the mark. And even if he fails, Brother David, don't you want that hard working man over that loud mouth man? Sure. He deserves perfect praise, even though you fall short every single day. He deserves it. Next, I see that he he deserves redeeming praise. Amen. Ashton, how can he get redeeming praise? By you being redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I see that he can get this by any Christian that has been saved, just putting praise upon his name, saying amen, hallelujah, glory to God or glory to God. However, I, I love when he says that. Don't let me get off track this morning. But we need to make sure that he has redeeming praise. Ashton, this makes no sense. That's all right. I'll tie it in in just a little bit. Next, I see that he needs atoning praise. And this really hit me. He needs atoning praise because his body went through all that atonement, all that pain. Amen. Well, I don't want to suffer. That's all right. Sometimes you suffer when you don't even realize putting yourself away from God. Sometimes you're going through that valley. And you can't hardly speak. And you're so upset and you're going to uh, Joe over here and uh, Mary over here and you're asking for help when really you should be going to God. He doesn't just want your praise on the mountain. He wants to hear you from the valley as well. He wants to know how you're doing. He knows. But to hear that child speak to you, Brother Kurt, it's good. If you knew that Camden was upset and you heard it from somebody else, you know, you could still fix the problem. But if he came to you directly, you'd feel so much more important, wouldn't you? Well, there's millions of us, if not billions of us. That's all right. He's still got time for you. Everywhere, all at once, he's omnipotent. That means all power. What a powerful God he is. Next, I see that he deserves 
indivisible praise. I'm reading this Bible that my God is a jealous God. Amen. We need to make sure that we're not putting any idols before him. When we say the Pledge of Allegiance, we, we, we say indivisible. And that means it cannot be separated. If you can go to school and say the Pledge of Allegiance, or you can go to work and say the Pledge of Allegiance, or you can support the troops yesterday, be in church supporting your God today. Make sure that you're not separating from God. Give your idols up. Lay down your Isaac. Show them that you'd rather have him than anything else on this planet. Because one day, none of this is going to matter. I've seen a lot of these online preachers, make sure you're all looking, preachers, Wearing their Gucci suits and Louis Vuitton and all that junk. And I know that's not how you say it, but I don't need to have that. Bless God, this one fits, Miss Tanya. <laughs> amen. If I can get up here and I can wear my best and I can praise God, then amen, and show Him that He is the one and only in my life. He deserves that indivisible praise. Next, I see that He deserves sanctified praise. Now, children, I, I know it's hard because when I was little, I did the exact same thing. I looked up to Brother John ever since I was an itty-bitty boy, and, and I saw him walking around squawking and clapping his hands and jumping all around. And, and I remember I'd go home and I'd practice in the mirror. I wanted, I wanted to be just like him. Hey, amen. But you need to make sure that you're doing it for the right reason. Don't be doing it because I'm up here or your mama and daddy comes down to the altar. It's good to learn, but make sure that you're not playing church. This praise that you're giving to God, it needs to be sanctified. That means that it needs to be holy praise. Don't play church, he'll sit you down. I've seen plenty of people embarrassed. Make sure that you're doing it for the right reason. Make sure that that praise that you're giving is warranted. That's checked off. We know that it's warranted. And that is sanctified. Amen. Y'all still awake this morning? All right. I want y'all, we're going back down to the E in praise again. We need to make sure that the praise is everlasting. Well, ask can you just use that again. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you can read this Bible from beginning to end, and it's always going to end with revelation. It's always going to end with that rapture. It's always going to end with that eternal life. Amen. We need to make sure that that praise is everlasting. Amen. You need to make sure that you're saved by the grace of God. You need to make sure that you're praising God because of His grace. Amen. Because one day, you're going to do it forever. If that don't sound good to you, then I don't know what does. I don't know what does. He's deserving of everlasting praise. The sanctified, the indivisible, the atoning, the redeeming, the perfect praise from these prized people. But why, Kurt? Why is he deserving of this praise? Let me tell you. Point number three. I told you I'll try to be done quick. First off, I see that he is a perfect God. Second uh, Samuel twenty two thirty one. Uh, it goes to there and, and it talks about how God God is perfect, and it says that His word is tried. His word is tried, and that makes me really happy because I just told you that in that ESV Bible, um, there's a few verses missing out of it, but there's none missing out of here. And we can go and we can compare it if you want. And then this Bible will be tried. You can tell me where God said something, but until we go in here and find it, it's not been tried. But for generations and generations, some of you think that you're old, but there were generations before you, amen. Don't beat down on yourself. You're just becoming an old saint of God, and that's all right. That's all right. Sometimes I feel like I'm older than I am, and it, it, 
knees and back and got something wrong with my feet and I got to have special inserts and not even 19 yet. I'm telling you, it's, it's rough. And then, but the, the Bible has been tried. It's been tested and it has never failed. Each and every time that, that, uh, that somebody has come to combat this Bible, it's open and the truth is revealed. And I go ahead and tell you, it isn't a 99.999% of the time, but it's a 100% of the time this Bible is right. Whatever this Bible says is going to happen is going to happen. Make sure whoever gets behind the pulpit is reading from that Bible. Don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Write it down. Uh, 2 Samuel 22.31 I see that he's a perfect God, but he's also a resilient God. And I think of Genesis 2.2 where, where he says, you know, he's done with creation. And on that seventh day, on the Sabbath day, he rested. He rested. But nowhere in there, Brother Kurt, does it say that he slept. You want to know why? Because business wasn't done. He had all of eternity to go through. He's been there in the beginning. He's going to be there in the end. Amen. And he's never going to sleep. He's always going to be there for you. Amen. He's resilient. It says that he rested, but he never slept. He might have gave you a little space, but he's never stopped chasing you. Isn't that a blessing? I made a false profession here when I was about eight years old. And, and, and I lived through it and I thought that it was great. Then I started realizing other people had something I didn't. Some of my own family doesn't even know I got into a real dark place now. Go and talk to a few people. You tell them Ashton Cook's a preacher, they wouldn't believe you. Well, Ashton, I've never seen that side of you. Be glad you haven't. But he, he, he kept on working on my heart, Brother Kurt. He kept on working on your heart, Brother Kurt, Brother Joe. It's a, it's a spitting image. Each one got a story better than the other. But God got to you. He's resilient. What if he would have quit? I'm here to tell you he's never going to quit. He started on that first day of creation with what's written. He's going to go for the rest of eternity. But before Genesis 1-1, there was God. And after the book of Revelation, there will still be God. Not only is my God resilient, but He is almighty. Go back to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. He has always been. He is almighty. He is all-powerful. He will always stand up to you. Always stand up for you. He'll always stand up with you, Brother Kurt. But it'd be a lot better if you'd stand up with him. How about that? He's an almighty God. Next, I see that he's an infallible God. This means that he never fails. One of, one of the biggest tragedies that the United States has ever seen was 9 11. God let 9-11 happen. If he didn't want it to happen, it wouldn't have happened. My father passed away when, when, when I was 12, and you know it, it hurts. But it wouldn't have happened if God didn't want it to happen. 
I don't understand it right now. I might not understand it in 20 years. I may not understand it when I get into eternity, but I like to think that I will. That's okay. It's not for me to understand. Because not only is he infallible, but God's ways are above our ways. Put yourself to the side and put your eyes on God. He's infallible. And this makes me think of Abraham and Sarah when he said, I'm going to give you all a child. What what a shame that, you know, Abraham went off and, you know, like I said, it wouldn't have happened if God didn't want it to. But even after all those years, that promise was fulfilled. Even after all these years in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, a little baby was born of a virgin. And one day he was going to die on the cross so that we could be saved. Thousands of cross-references. And it will succeed every time. It will be truthful every time. God is deserving of our praise. Getting towards the end of my sermon, you know, I'd be a fool if I didn't get up here and, you know, assume that everyone was saved, you know. Let me tell you, he's a saving God. We can go through here and people can stand up and they can tell you their testimony. Each one's different than the other. But in the end, you want to know what they all say, Terry? God saved me. I love all my family to death. But right now, there's there's little Jasper back there and there's little Josie. And I might not be here for it, Miss Tisha, but I can't wait for the day that I get a call or a FaceTime. And Sam, you say, guess what? Jasper got saved this morning. Guess what? Josie got saved this morning. Because I heard it. I remember when they called me and they said, Nick got saved this morning. Abby Grace got saved this morning. I remember when I was able to make the call and say, God saved me this morning. Amen. What a blessing. Because he, He's going to give you the opportunity. He is a saving God and He wants to save you today. Amen. If you are not saved, today is the day of salvation. Don't walk out of here waiting for another chance because you may not get it. I've heard the stories. Uh, I, I remember this one story that Brother John told me. And I don't remember the fellow's name, but he talks about a man who came to church and he came in on a motorcycle and, and he came here and he said that he's gripping the pews and he's shaking so bad and he left and on his way home he got in a motorcycle wreck. And we don't know that man's soul, but we can assume that he went to hell. Busted it wide open. You may not get another chance. But if there is a chance for you today, there's a saving God. There's a book of John in this Bible. You turn to chapter 3, verse number 16. It's one of the most familiar verses in the world. For God so loved the world. And this world is wretched. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That means the only one that He's ever going to have. And it's still the only one that He's ever had. One sacrifice made up for that. How about that? God gave His one and only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This saving God, once again, is an everlasting God. You need to be everlasting people. You need to give them everlasting praise. 
And that's because he's an everlasting God. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face. I, I can't even begin to fathom. In Sunday school this morning, Brother Jody, we were reading through the book of John. It talks about when Mary turns around and says, that somebody's taking Jesus. And little did she know she was speaking to Jesus. I don't imagine there'll be any confusion when I get up there, Brother Jody. I kind of like to think of them of how some of the cartoons do. With that bright light, you can't even see anything. If I were to get up there and I were to be able to see every facial feature, that'd be great. But if I were to just get up there and he's just a beam of light, even better. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see Jesus. How about you? The saving God is an everlasting God. So let's do a recap. Psalms 150, verse number 1. Read it with me. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Where are we this morning? We're in a church. We're in a sanctuary. Let me tell you, when you leave, this church is just a building. But when, I, when I'm blessed enough to see all these people in the pews, y'all are the church. It's just a building without y'all. It's just some red carpet without some little kids spilling goldfish on it. And it's just a piano if nobody knows how to play it. This book right here, it's just a book if God's not real. But generation after generation, the kids keep coming. In every service, someone plays that piano. And every day, every week, every month, every year, every second, millisecond, I don't know how small it goes, God is real. But once again, I'd be a fool if I didn't say this. And uh, Miss Tanya, I'll ask if you could come to the piano for me. God deserves this perfect praise. Because he is real. And if he is real, Brother Kurt, that makes heaven real. And if heaven's real, that makes hell real. Hell is a real place. You read the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, and he just asked for a drop of water on his tongue. It wouldn't have done anything. It's a miserable place. But this God that is worthy of your praise... He says, if you'll just give me you, you're worthy enough to come up here with me. I ask all of you stand, heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. What an amazing thing this Bible is. What an amazing man my God is. That He would send His Son. That He would die at Calvary. So that that grace would be made so rich and so free. He's worthy, folks. He is worthy of your praise this morning. Ashton, I know that. Does your neighbor know that? Does your coworker know that? Does your family know that? 
To me, there's nothing better than an old-fashioned altar where you can come and you can pray for that neighbor's salvation, where you can come and you can pray for that co-worker's salvation, where you can come and you can pray for that lost family. Where if you're lost today, you can come and pray for yourself. The altar's open.